got a retreat coming up. We have a wonderful retreat coming up uh, for the men. The, we call it original. The, the men's, men's retreat. retreat. Really? Uh, Genius. Yes. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. And Father Herb here with Michael. Good to be with you. So tell us uh, what to expect uh, in a next weekend, right? Well, almost, I think we started it the second autumn of the parish by having a an annual men's retreat. Sure. And we had it up at Lawrence Lodge, which is Brooklyn, Michigan on a lake. Really beautiful. Yeah. Usually the third weekend of November. And last year we canceled it altogether. This year we decided to move it local and make it a, a not so long. It's kind of a one-day retreat. Friday night. Sure. People go home. And then Saturday ending with the 5 o'clock mass. Mm-hmm. And... It's going to be right here in Roncalli Hall, using our own church, of course. But also, it will have a, a special guest speaker. I'm very excited Father Joe Wigman will be with us. Yes, that will be wonderful. I don't know if you've met Father Joe. But I've never personally met him, but I know of he, him. He's a wonderful priest. Uh, he was my associate for a year, but he's wonderful anyway. And <laughs> you, uh, Well, when you said wonderful priest, I thought, oh, I wish we could say the same about you. But I didn't make the joke. But you, see, you, you did not say that out loud. No, but I there did There are now. things you don't have to say I, I out loud. I should have just kept it in. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> what, what Michael needs for Christmas is some filters. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about the Instagram kind. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Father, Father Joe has been a priest for about 30 years. And uh, about two, three months before he was ordained a priest... He was diagnosed with MS. Hmm. And at first it didn't seem to affect his ministry too much, but uh, eventually uh, he lost his ability to walk and lots of other functions. And he speaks well. It did not affect his uh, shoulders on up. So wow. his head is clear. His mind is good. He's got a wonderful sense of humor. And uh, a very humble person. And the good news is he's been living for about 15 years. It was at Little Sisters of the Poor, but now it's called the, the Gardens of St. Francis. Oh, yeah, over in Oregon. Or in Oregon. And he's moving, and I don't know when yet, to St. Clair Commons. But part of the excitement there is because he's feeling better these days. He's been uh, doing some kind of therapy at the Cleveland Clinic. And he just wants to be around uh, people of all ages. Sure. And so he hopes to be able to minister here at our parish. That'll be great. Is he a listener of the podcast? I don't know. Step one, listen to the podcast. And then he might decide not to come here. <laughs> that's true. He may never move again. Yeah. He may stay out in Oregon forever. Well, that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this locally. I think it will give a lot of men a chance to attend and participate that wouldn't normally take a well, whole, yes. uh, whole weekend away. It, it's... It's uh, dividing the weekend, so if people have other responsibilities or other desires of how to spend um, Saturday evening or Sunday, sure, that's still wide open. Sure. You know, there is great benefit to being with other guys just to discuss life and spirituality and fatherhood and all of those great things. You know, my disciple group meets every two weeks on Wednesday nights, and most of us, and that's all men. Right? It's all men. It's a yeah. group, men's group, and we we say most weeks it's like one of those things, like oh we got it the night you know tonight's the group. But every time when you make the investment and you go, it's worth it, and you leave saying 
I am so glad that I was here. I've noticed that many times about groups uh, through the years, Bible study or even RCIA. Yeah. Sometimes I think, oh, that commitment comes up very fast every Tuesday night. Sure. But every Tuesday I feel so excited about the faith and the way other people are getting excited. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. So hopefully if somebody wants to attend the retreat, how do they sign up? Uh, 23.church. Oh, what a great convenience. We, we location. call that the hub, don't we? We do. Whoever came up with that idea was... I don't know, but it's pretty great. ...was a pretty smart person. Yeah, 23.church. Great. So you guys can head over there and uh, be a part of that. If you're wondering if we do a women's retreat, we do. We actually just had it in October. The end of October. So be on the lookout for other opportunities for both men and women. You know, we always talk about we grow as big church on the weekends, but we also grow as small church on in disciple groups and retreats and all those things. I, yeah. they're, they're both. And we, and we need both. By the way, we should say welcome to any, this may be a little presumptive, but there could be some new people listening to the podcast. So if today is, if, your, it, if this is your first time folks, please come back. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, cause we recently, uh, had well, well, we it was several weeks ago. We had connection point, and we always talk about a great way to get connected with parish life is listening to the podcast, so we could have some new people listening. Yeah. Well, there's there's Hopefully one there's not. one man almost every Sunday as he leaves, he says, "Remember, I'm I'm listener number six. Great, so we know we're at least that high. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, so this weekend we are. It's November seventh. Can you believe Thanksgiving is coming up? I can taste the turkey. I am excited. I got invited to my sister's house uh, for Thanksgiving dinner. Great. Last week, she invite, uh, called me and invited me. It'll be here before we know it. And, and th- this is just kind of thinking about the month of November. This is kind of a nice year because we, we wrap up the liturgical year with Christ the King. We get to have Thanksgiving week. And then Advent comes in. And, and, all and of course, you skipped. There's a couple of uh, weddings uh, oh, during I w- November. I wasn't thinking about You know, weddings. some years we don't have that many weddings in November, but there we have a couple this year. We also have December weddings, yeah. uh, January weddings, February weddings, March weddings. I mean, it just goes on this I year. I wasn't talking about weddings. I wasn't discounting weddings. I love weddings. But you're talking about turkey. I was No, I, <laughs> I was talking about Thanksgiving and liturgy. And did you know... That's that, going to be my next podcast, by the way. Thanksgiving and liturgy? Thanksgiving and liturgy. Well, he also, by the way... Neatly skipped over November 27th. November 27th is the Ohio State-Michigan game? Yes, Are you very, proud of very me? good, very you'll, good. You'll be surprised to know I've been watching a, just a little bit of Ohio State football this year. I can only stand about 10 minutes of football, and then I get bored. It's time to move on. Four quarters is way too much. <laughs> Sometimes it is too much yeah. for some teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. You know what's not too much? Jesus. In the scriptures. So let's get into it. So that was your segue for the week. Okay. Here's I get to read this week because I let you read last week. Go ahead. This is again from Mark twelve. Remember we had Mark ten and Mark ten and Mark ten and Mark ten, and then we skipped Mark Mm eleven. And last week and this week we're on chapter twelve. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. In the course of his teachings, Jesus said to the crowds, Beware of the scribes who like to go around in long robes and accept greetings in the marketplace, in marketplaces, seats of honor in synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour the houses of widows and as a pretext recite lengthy prayers. They will receive a very severe condemnation. 
He sat down opposite the treasury and observed how the crowd put money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow also came and put in two small coins worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to himself, he said to them, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury, for they have all contributed from their surplus wealth. But she from her poverty has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now, wait, now, I have a question. Well, before you have a, uh, before your question, if you hear this in in church, there's a long form and a short form. Yeah. The the short form is the the part about the widow. Yeah. Where it starts with where he sat down opposite the treasury, and it leaves out the whole thing about the beware of the scribes. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Are these the same scribes from last week that affirmed Jesus in his teaching about loving the Lord? There was one scribe last week that uh, affirmed Jesus. So, so we liked that one. But this week, Jesus is saying, beware of those guys. You know, he, he's condemning the scribes almost the same way he often condemns the Pharisees. Yeah. So, um, yes, that it's all about uh, externals and show. Sure. And I love the line where it says, and they... They uh, devour the houses of widows. That's a great verb. Yeah. To devour a house. That's, I doesn't sound very appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, an, it's an interesting connection between last week and then flowing into. Yeah, it, it really is. To and I, this and I don't think that's accidental. But let's talk about the widow. Widows, uh, by the way, the term widow, along with the term orphan, mm -hmm. widows and orphans, those were words that could be taken literally. A widow was someone without a husband, mm -hmm. orphan without parents, but it was also a meta metaphorical uh, because it simply meant the poor, those with no livelihood. Yeah. Uh, women without a husband were at the mercy of who knows what. They either begged or uh, relatives took care of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may have heard of gleaners. That, that was part of it, too. They were allowed to go into the fields after the harvest and collect what was left. Um, Basically the scraps, the things nobody else wanted. Well, it, yeah, it still goes on today. I, I was uh, driving down the road last week when I saw a farmer uh, taking off his corn. And it reminded me that when I was a kid the harvesters probably were not as thorough as they are today. And I remember coming home from school and my mother said, uh, change clothes, we're going out in the field. Mm -hmm. But not our own field, it was a neighbor's field. She said, I called them and she said, we can go out, the, the neighbors said, go out and glean what was left. So they had harvested the corn, mm -hmm. but mom could never stand to let anything go to waste. So we walked through with, um, bushel baskets let's let's call it that i'm not quite sure what it was okay and we picked up the corn that had escaped the the harvester mm -hmm. and we brought it back and then eventually it was just put with any corn we had grown yeah and then mom would take those uh like a, a wagon of corn to the mill and it would get ground up and put with some other things and then that was the what we fed the chickens but the whole idea was not to let something lie on the ground and go to waste. Mm. So when when our parish, the diocese, bought this property 
where our church now stands, mm -hmm. 24250 Dixie Highway, Hello, Perrysburg. Here, here we are. It had been a cornfield. I remember. So that fall, I came out here after harvest, and I walked through, and sure enough, there were some ears of corn just lying there, and they would have rotted through the winter. So I picked up two ears of corn. Mm. I know we still have one of those. I, I've seen them. I have put them in front of the altar sometimes. They hung out in, when Marla was still here. They hung out in Marla's office for a while. Well, I think I had them in a, 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 a plastic bin with uh, some gourds, yeah. ar artificial gourds. Sure. Uh, and some uh, colored corn. You know, we call it Indian corn. But uh, I had that so we could decorate in front of the altar. Okay. But for me, that corn, the the yellow corn from this field, meant so much. It was not only a reminder that we are in a cornfield, yeah, but that also uh, the whole idea of love and charity, the gleaners. You know, sometimes we pick up what's left. Yeah. So widows, and I'm bringing this back around to this widow. Yeah. The widow to have a couple of cents. I don't know where she got it. She had something. It was probably her life savings because they did not put money in the bank. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they basically just lived off of the kindness of others. Mm. You know, it's interesting when you talk about the, the corn here in the field, you know, you think about the, all of the, the fruit, even though I know corn is not a fruit that was produced, the fruits, the fruits of the land that were produced here. And then that, that makes me also think beyond the, the physical field, the fruit that is produced here spiritually since the the buildings have been built on this property oh yeah that, that that's well said that this land continues to produce good things yeah. that hopefully feed and nourish the community and and that is that is what a, a healthy church does is it it does it helps provide the food you know we are not the source of the food yeah we are the the middlemen the ones who uh, help people be fed. I will say, you know, I, you and I have been together for a long time. Growing up, I, I was a Toledo boy, right? I grew up in South Toledo. So a lot of the agricultural... He, he's a city guy and I'm a country boy. Right. So Sounds like a country song. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of the agricultural references and even your love for agriculture and farming didn't really strike a chord with me necessarily when we first met. But now I think I have a greater appreciation for the images and you know the this the life cycle of what farming provides for the world remember the time of jesus there were cities they were not great big cities but there were cities but they were very close to the earth mm -hmm. the the agriculture was real many people today don't realize that when they go to uh, a supermarket and they see all the fruits and all the vegetables yeah that those were grown somewhere. <laughs> right, they don't just appear in a huge pile in, yeah. in the middle of Kroger. Yeah, it's it's huge. And I, to their credit, I think some of the grocery stores have done a better job. Uh, you know, they'll have pictures of the farmer or a sign that says grown locally with the name of the farm where maybe some of the produce has mm -hmm. come from. I think that there's an effort to give us a greater awareness of the source of our food, which I think that's important to be aware yeah, of. We have to learn that. Okay, with that in mind, We'll go back to the widow. So there she is. She has little to live on. Mm -hmm. And I think you reach a point sometimes where y you can let go. It's almost like those with 
have a harder time letting go than those without. You would think that she would just hang on like, this is all I have to live on. I have sure. to hold on to this. I will starve. But she's almost like beyond that. Somehow her faith is stronger that she will, she will uh, continue. Okay, but how many times have you and I experienced that complete uh, generosity when we go on mission trips, whether it's to um, impoverished portions of the United States like Appalachia or to Guatemala or wherever it may be? The, the complete joy and generosity of people that have so much less than we do on a daily basis is um, astounding at times and inspirational. Yes. And, and people, people often will uh, give you the finest food. And when you think, uh, I don't need this. I remember being in Zimbabwe with the Batonga people and they gave me a farewell of um, a chicken. Oh, I do like this story. Uh, they gave me a chicken, and I was going to fly out of the country. It was like a two-day flight to get back to the United States the next day, and I was not going to do it with a live chicken. <laughs> so uh, I took the chicken. Little, little Herb Jr. <laughs> I, took, I took the chicken to, uh, to the the pen at the church where the, the American missionaries, they had a few chickens, uh, and so I, I gave it to them. But I kept thinking, I can eat chicken any day of the week, and I do. I eat chicken a lot. Uh -huh. But for them, it's major. And yet they gave me a chicken. Out of their yeah. generosity. I don't, yeah, the, the part that Michael was laughing at was the, the story of how I got the chicken. I was sitting under, um, what tree was it? Is it called the banyan? The, I don't remember. The I, I was sitting with an elder of the of the community under the baobab tree. The okay. baobab tree is one that grows and spreads out pretty fast. And that's where they would always sit under the tree for their councils. Yeah. That, that was where the elders would come together. And I had a little bit of a log I was sitting on. He was kind of just on his haunches because that's what they often do. They're used to it. And he was an elderly man. And by elderly, I think he was probably 50 because <laughs> age is different there. Sure. And How were, old were you at the time? Oh, maybe 20 years ago. Okay. So you were older than him. I was probably about the same age, yeah. but, but it certainly didn't seem that way. Okay. And he had a couple grandkids running around, and he whispered something to them. And suddenly they went running around the yard chasing down this chicken <laughs> till they caught it. Yeah. And they caught it, and they brought it to their grandfather. And the grandfather took, uh, like, some grasses that were growing sure and he made like a string out of it and with the grass he tied the two legs of the chicken together and then he brought it over and gave it to me i was did so, it hold yes no i mean if you know how to tie grass clearly i don't <laughs> no <laughs> that's so, one of the many things you don't know oh well yeah I, I try i try i'll add it to my list of things to work on yeah grass tying uh, grass tying anyway it was it was just a wonderful thing but i also felt so humble the idea of giving what you giving of the little that you have yeah okay so this may be a hard gospel for many of the people in suburban communities to necessarily identify with because we may say oh well i give generously to three four charities and i give to the church and i'm set where where's the challenge in this for well those? The, the challenge is where jesus says uh, not to give out of the surplus. I think it has to hurt at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't hurt if you get used to it. 
Uh, and that's the whole thing about tithing. You take it off the top, you, you, you do a percentage and not just what you happen to have given yeah. for the last five years or 10 years or 20 years. Yeah. Right. And, um, it's also like, okay, I want to tie it in with maybe something that I'm not doing just to feed myself. Sure. So, you know, I think some people, they just want to have it their way. You know, uh, I, uh, I will give because it eases it, it eases my conscience that I've given. And I'm saying, well, that may be better than not, but is that the right motive? How about giving and then forego your second cup of coffee? Or how about not having everything you want? Um, maybe simplify your life a little bit. It's important and probably something that we should do on a regular basis to reevaluate and see where, where we are. Because let's be honest, most of us just get caught up in the day to day and, and think, Oh, well our charitable giving check boxes is checked. So we're good and we can keep moving. And, and many times, many times this is the time of year when churches really promote, promote, uh, a, a giving, a tithing of some sort, or what's often called sacrificial giving. Sure. And to be clear though, this is not just about giving to the church, although, you know, financial support of church is wonderful, but there are many organizations that are in need of not only money, but also time and service too. Oh yeah. There are many ways that we can give of ourselves and perhaps time is that most valuable thing that I think people uh, protect their time uh, more than almost anything else. Sure. And sometimes because they don't want to be dragged into making a commitment. All right, friends. Another 23 minutes has gone by. so And you gave us your time. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was kind of you. Hopefully you don't feel like it was a complete waste of your yeah. day. God bless you. 